Good morning to each one of you. It's good to, to be together here with you, even though that wasn't our original plan. It probably was God's original plan that it works out this way. I invite your attention to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Uh, the title of the message is Hearken Diligently Unto the Voice of the Lord Your God. I suppose by now probably most of us are aware that we are in 2013. When you get your checkbook out, you have to remember to write 2013. And when you sign other documents, it's 2013, no longer 2012. Probably all of us have at least spent some time wondering uh, what this year holds for us uh, as an individual. You know, what, what all's going to take place in my life this year? Or in the life of my family? You know, our families are all at different stages, and in, in certain stages, uh, one year can make a big difference. A lot can happen in, in a year's time. Uh, as a church, what, what is going to be uh, our lot in 2013, what are things that are going to happen here in our church? As a country, what is going to happen in America in 2013? Or we could say, what, you know, what does God have in mind for this globe 2013? What all is going to happen in the world? We can probably be safe in assuming there will be war. <laughs> Countries going after each other, conflict in the world, that's quite certain. Gridlock in Washington is probably quite certain. Uh, there will be many violent deaths this year. We, we can be assured of that. You know, we're told some deaths are heroic, uh, acceptable. Others, we're told, are, are terrible tragedies, and, and they are. You know, I had to think back here the other week when uh, those little children were gunned down in a, in a school. You know, what a, what a tragedy. But you know, the bigger tragedy, I think, is, you know, if it would have only happened six or eight years earlier, you know, in a hospital or a clinic, it would have been, you know, a parent's right or a preference or a modern you know, professional procedure, or, you know, really the best choice for everyone. You know, we, we live in a world that is, is very deceived when one death is looked at as a tragedy and another one is just a parent's preference that, that we can uh, accept and bless. Here in our congregation, there will be some births there's some parents here just uh, patiently or impatiently anticipating a little one coming into your home. Uh, that's a beautiful time. It's especially beautiful the very first, the very first one. Is, uh, it's always very special and beautiful, but, but the, it's all new and, and the first one is very exciting. And so we're, we're looking forward to that with you. Uh, 
a blessing from God where this child will be loved and, and uh, appreciated and nurtured, and, and that's a real blessing to, to us as a congregation when, when that takes place. There will be some weddings, maybe. We don't know. We, we think, maybe. Uh, there's, there's potential of that. Uh, good things take time, and we want it to be a good thing, so, so take your time. Uh, I did. I took my time, so you, you can too. Uh, you know, there may be some funerals this year. That's a likely possibility. It could be uh, some of these older folks among us. It could be some of the younger folks. It could be me. It could be you. Uh, there's there's a, a good possibility we'll have some funerals this year. All of us will have some personal successes and failures this year. Uh, Let's remember, what we call a success, maybe God doesn't. What we call a failure, maybe God doesn't look at it as a failure. We want to see successes and failures in, by his definition, not, not ours. You know, sometimes failure, admitting failure, is just another way of saying, you know, I'm a little wiser today than, than I was yesterday. And that's, that's a good thing to keep in mind. Here in Deuteronomy chapter 28, uh, Moses is preparing the children of Israel for a new chapter in, in their life. Uh, they're going into the promised land and he's not going with them. And I thought maybe as we as we're looking into a new year, uh, we don't know what all this new chapter will hold for us. But I thought maybe we could learn some lessons from, from Moses and what he told the children of Israel uh, about being prepared for what lies ahead. You know, God... I believe God wants us to have a good year in, in 2013. I think he is doing, has done, and will do anything he can to make it a good year. Now, when I say a good year, uh, again, we're looking at God's definition of what is good, not necessarily ours. What might look like a bad year or a bad situation in this year might be something that God has eternal good in mind for you and I. Uh, just thinking along those, those thoughts of God's definition versus our definition of some things, let's, let's turn back, before we read Deuteronomy 28, let's turn back to Matthew 7. Matthew 7 is what? Somebody tell me. Are part of what? Okay, it's part of Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 7, let's uh, start reading at verse 7. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there 
of you, whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Jesus is saying here, as, as earthly fathers, we, we want what is best for our children, and, and we, we do our human best to, to provide what is good for our children. But so much more our Heavenly Father desires, and, and it's the yearning of his heart, to do what is good for us as his children. So let's keep that in mind. 2013, God wants what is good for us on his terms, what he sees as an eternal benefit for, for you and I. Uh, Jeremiah 29, this is a, probably a familiar, familiar verse for many of you. Uh, Jeremiah 29, let's read verse 10 and 11. For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you, in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God has good in mind for his children and an expected end. God is, is not looking at the here and now so much as, as we do. We tend to be, to, to be very much focused on what is happening now. God, God sees the big picture. He sees the eternal picture. He sees past, present, and future with equal clarity. And, uh, and we can't do that. And so we need to rely on God and trust him as, as a kind heavenly father that, that has our, our good in mind. So let's keep that in mind. When we think of 2013 and God wanting us to have a good year, it's, it's on God's terms. And as we have experienced, that's a good, safe place for our future to be to be on God's terms. Now, it depends on what, what we do. There's a word here that, uh, that Moses uses quite often here in, in the book of Deuteronomy. Somebody want to guess what it is? It, it could, there's, there'd be a lot of correct answers, but uh, what is a word that, that Moses uses time and time again in Deuteronomy? Remember? Okay, that's, that was, that's a very good guess. That's not the one I have in mind this morning, but that's, that's a very good guess. He talks a lot about blessings and curses. Okay. Okay. Another very, very good guess, but it's not the word that I'm looking for. The word is hearken. Now, the... The Hebrew word hearken has, has the, the, 
the meaning of listening with an intent to obey. Uh, one thing that came to my mind was many years ago, uh, there was some of us older single fellows would get together and, and play tennis and different things, uh, just, just something to do. And uh, over a period of time, some of these older single fellows got married, but they would still come around sometimes. And uh, as older single fellows do, we got to talking about this one guy that got married. And his wife was uh, a little pushy. And uh, we would joke that uh, when she says jump, you know, he asks how high on the way up, you know. Uh, that might not be an ideal situation for marriage, but that's, that's kind of what the word hearken means. You know, you're listening and you're, you're the intent to obey. You're, as, you, as you listen, you're, you're getting into action. You're obeying as you, as you listen. John uh, chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus says this, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, hearkening unto the voice of the Lord your God. Uh, being in tune to what the shepherd is, is saying. When, uh, when Jesus and his disciples were up on top of the Mount Transfiguration, uh, Peter was really getting into this. This is, you know, this is pretty great up here. You know, we ought to just, you know, build some little shelters and maybe just stay up here. This is, this is kind of kind of neat up here. And then uh, God, uh, a voice from heaven, which was God the Father, said, uh, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. God the Father calling down to, to mankind and saying, Listen, listen to this man. Hear him. Hearken. Hearken on to what he is, he is saying. Remember back in, in Genesis uh, chapter 3, Adam and Eve have, had sinned and they disobeyed God. And when they heard God's voice in the garden that evening, which almost appears like maybe this was a normal thing to, to meet God in the garden, but as soon as they heard his voice, they were fearful because they had sinned. So we want to, to look this morning at, at what it means to, to hearken to the voice of the God and what, what are the results if we do or if we don't. The first 27 chapters of, of Deuteronomy Moses is, is going through the law of God and, and there's detail that almost makes your head swim of all the things that, that God was expecting of, of his people. Here in, in chapter 28, he is addressing the blessings and the cursings of uh, whether we hearken or whether we refuse to hearken to the voice of the Lord our God. 
Now Moses knows all too well what it, the blessings that go with hearkening. He was a faithful servant of God through many, many difficult years. And, you know, Scripture tells us he was the meekest man that ever lived. Uh, what a compliment. Uh, that was never said of me and probably never will be said of me. Uh, but it was said of Moses, the meekest man that, that ever lived. Moses also knew that there are consequences for not hearkening to the voice of God. That's what this was all about. The children of Israel were ready to go into the promised land, and he was the one that was supposed to be leading them from Egypt to the promised land. And it, from what I understand, it was probably about a three-month thing. It ended up being a 40-year thing because the children of Israel rebelled against God and and Moses led them through all these 40 years, but now, when it's time to go in, he can't go because he did not hearken to the voice of God. And he struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock. So Moses is here talking to the children of Israel with a lot of deep feeling in, in his heart uh, about their future. He has a deep concern for them. He's, he's spent all these years with them. He knows uh, human nature, and he knows his own personal failings, and he's, he's trying to, to uh, prepare the people for what lies ahead. So let's keep that in mind this morning. We have this year ahead of us. Uh, how can we be prepared for that? Okay, verse... Uh, 1 of Deuteronomy chapter 28. We'll read all the blessings and we'll just read some of the curses. It gets quite lengthy, uh, but we, we won't read them all. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commands which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come to thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shalt be thy basket and thy store, Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way, and shall flee before thee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses, and in all that thou settest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself, as he hath sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commands of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. And all the people of the earth shall see that thou art, a, that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. 
And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, and in fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy ground, and in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. And the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearken unto the command of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them, and thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day, to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commands and his statutes which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Cursed shall be thou be in the city, and cursed shalt thou be in the field. Cursed shall be thy basket and thy store. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy land, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Cursed shalt thou, curse shall thou be when thou comest in, and cursed shalt thou be when thou goest out. And the Lord shall send upon thee cursing, vexation, and rebuke in all that thou settest thine hand unto for to do, until thou be destroyed, and until thou perish quickly, because of the wickedness of thy doings, whereby thou, whereby thou hast forsaken me. The Lord shall make the pestilence cleave unto thee, until he have consumed thee from off the land, whither thou goest to possess it. And the Lord shall smite thee with a consumption, and with a fever, and with an inflammation, and with an extreme burning, and with a sword, and with the blasting, and with mildew. And they shall pursue thee until thou perish. And thy heaven that is over thy head shall be brass, and the earth that is under thee shall be iron. And the Lord will make the rain of thy land powder and dust. From heaven shall it come down upon thee until thou be destroyed. And the Lord shall cause thee to be smitten before thine enemies. Thou shalt go out one way against them, and flee seven ways before them, and shalt be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth. And thy carcass shall be meat unto the fowls of the air, and unto the beasts of the earth, and no man shall fray them away. The Lord will smite thee with the botch of Egypt, and with the emeralds, and with the scab, and with the itch, whereof thou canst not be healed. The Lord will, shall smite thee with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. Jump over to verse 32. Thy sons and thy daughters shall be given unto another people, and thine eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all the day long, and there shall be no might in thy hand. The fruit of thy land and all thy labors shall a nation which thou knowest not eat up and thou shalt be only oppressed and crushed alway. 
so that thou shalt be mad for the sight of thine eyes, which thou shalt see. The Lord shall smite thee in the knees and in the legs with a sore botch that cannot be healed from the sole of thy foot unto the top of thy head. The Lord shall bring thee in thy kingdom, which thou shalt set over thee, and the king which thou shalt set over thee, unto a nation which neither thou nor thy fathers have known. And there, sh and there shalt thou serve other gods, wood and stone. And thou shalt become an astonishment and a proverb and a byword among all the nations whither the Lord shall lead thee. I think we'll stop there. Uh, he goes on and, and talks about how uh, their children and the fruit of the land and just everything will just go wrong. Everything that can go wrong will go wrong in, in their lives. And, and again, this is coming from Moses. Uh, he knows they're going on without him and he wants so much for them to experience the blessings of God that God so much wants to bless them with. But it depends on their hearkening onto the voice of the Lord their God. You know, Scripture is clear that, that when we as parents uh, do not hearken onto the voice of the Lord our God, that, that it affects our families. It affects our children. It affects future generations. And I don't know how many of you, you like uh, ancestry. I kind of enjoy looking through ancestry and seeing uh, where my, my forefathers came from and, and who they were and what they did. And, and I find it very interesting because it does. It does affect, it ha had decisions my forefathers made uh, has impacted my life. I strongly believe that. There was, uh, you know, a young man left, I think he was 26 years old, left Switzerland and moved to America back in 1707. And, you know, his decision to, to move here uh, is, has impacted my life. And it's interesting to look down through down through the generations and, and what they stood for and, and their involvement in church work and, and so forth. Uh, a blessing uh, to, to have people that have gone before that made wise choices. It reminds me of that song that we used to sing when I was a little boy in school, making, uh, making the road easier for those behind, working the road to glory. I haven't sung that song in years, but it's the idea of, of the way I live my life is, is smoothing out the road for people coming behind. And that is never more true than for our own offspring. How we live our life, the choices we make, definitely makes a difference for, for our children coming behind and, and uh, following us. Now we're very much aware that, that promises in the Old Testament and 
The, the measure of a man's godliness in the Old Testament was directly reflective to, to his, his prospering materially and with possessions. Uh, Abraham was blessed of God. Yes, he lived in tents, but it wasn't the kind of tent you and your family go camping in. Uh, Abraham was a very, very wealthy man, had many, many servants. And, you know, I, I don't think our minds comprehend how vast his, his uh, kingdom was, you know, with, with all his tents and flocks and herds. Uh, but it was a sign of God's blessing on his life. In the New Testament, it, it's not that way. Yes, uh, when we are blessed materially, uh, we owe many, many thanks to God. But that does not mean that we are spiritual because we are blessed with wealth. Uh, let's just look at a few New Testament scriptures. Many times in, in the New Testament, a measure of man's godliness is how loosely he holds on to his material things, how quickly he is willing and ready to suffer wrong for the name of Christ, to let go of physical things in order to, to be Christ-like. Matthew 5, verse 11 says, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. To, to endure lots of hard things uh, falsely is, is a measure of a godly man. 1 Peter 2.23 says, uh, this is speaking of Christ, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. A measure of a Christ-like example is when we follow Christ's example and commit our situation, our circumstances, to the one who judges righteously. Let's turn our Bibles to, to 1 Peter chapter 4. There's a number of verses there I would like to read. First Peter 4, uh, starting at verse 12. Beloved, think, think it not strange concerning the fairy trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. So if we, if we suffer wrong, it is 
to be for God's glory. And let's remember that. Sometimes uh, I think we, we as Mennonites uh, get it a little wrong. I remember when I served on a mission board uh, 20-some years ago, we were talking about, it was the very beginning of this mission, and, and we were just getting started, and, and we were trying to, to think of how, how we're going to go about this mission work, and we made a conscious effort that we're not going to uh, put, put a board together of men solely on their, their business ability and wealth, which so, it's so tempting to do that on a mission board because funds are, are always an issue when, when there's mission programs and and what better way to, to raise funds than, you know, to have the people sitting around the table that have the funds and have friends that have funds, and it just, it's just so tempting. But we decided that we're going to have board members that, that are first and foremost godly men, men of character. And if those godly men of character have funds, fine, and if they don't, that is just as fine. Uh, that's the only reason I got there. <laughs> uh, I mean, at least the funds part anyway. <laughs> uh, but it, it is, uh, I think sometimes we, we, we look up to people that are well off financially and, and are willing to, to uh, look the other way about some shortcomings in their life, but we, we revere them. Uh, that is, in the Old Testament, yes, a wealthy person was a person blessed by God. In the New Testament, a person may be wealthy or may not be wealthy and be very blessed by God. The determining factor is how they handle their wealth and how, how easily uh, they're willing to, to let it go. The Israelites did not have, have access to God in, in quite the same way we do. They worked through the priest, and, and God spoke to Moses, and Moses told the people what God was saying. And, and when the people sinned, they went to the priest, and the priest in turn atoned to God for, for their sin. Uh, it's a real blessing for us where we can just go to, to God in prayer anytime, anywhere, and, and seek forgiveness, and he promises he will hear and he will forgive. We, we have his word that we can turn to and, and we can hear his voice through, through his word. We're sur surrounded by Christian brothers and sisters that can speak into our lives and, and tell us things that God wants us to hear. We're running out of time. Uh, as we go over into the book of, of Joshua, we see uh, things unfolding that Moses had told them about. Joshua 
was a very godly leader, and, and he followed God in detail. He sent out spies, and, and he, he followed God's direction for crossing the Jordan River, and, and they marched around Jericho, and they had a mighty victory. And, and we see the results of, of them hearkening diligently unto the voice of the Lord their God. They move on to Ai, and it, it appears like, like Joshua was maybe not as careful to, to seek God's face. And the people became, became overconfident. And it's just, just, a, just a small city. Uh, just a few people go up there. We can, we can easily handle that. And, and they were defeated, and, and Joshua was, was crushed. Uh, God, why? Why has this happened? And it was because there was someone, one person, that did not hearken unto the voice of the Lord his God and brought all this trouble upon the children of Israel. I'm not sure if, if it works quite that way today, if, if one person can, can bring God's curse on a, on a whole congregation, uh, maybe, probably not quite like it was here. However, it does. It does have an impact. The decisions I make and the choices I make not only affects me, it affects my family, it affects you, and, and on and on. So we... We, as, as a brotherhood, we want to be diligent and listening to the voice of the Lord our God in 2013 so that, that we can edify one another, build up one another, rather than bring, cursing, bring God's curse upon us. In closing, I'd like to, to go back to, to Deuteronomy chapter 30 and and read a number of verses that, uh, that tell us, you know, really how God longs for us to know his, his will. Deuteronomy chapter 30, we'll begin reading at verse 10. You know, God is, God is a, a loving God, and he really... He really, from the depths of his heart, wants you and I to have a good year in 2013. Yes, good by his definition, not by our definition. Let's never, never get that confused. Sometimes the, the most difficult things of life are God's way of making good things happen in, in our lives. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 10. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes which are written in this book of the law, and if thou turn unto the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul, for this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldst say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldst say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? 
But the word is very nigh unto thee, in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil, in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land, whither thou, shalt, thou goest to possess it. But if, thine, but if thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish, and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land, neither thou, whither thou passest over the Jordan to go to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, that thou mayest obey his voice, that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. You know, God, God has life and blessing in store for us in 2013 if we will be diligent in hearkening unto his voice. If we refuse to hearken, God in his justice has no choice but to allow very, very difficult things happen to us, to our family, to, to our congregation. So let's personally hearken to his voice and, and he, he will bless us. He will bless us in the way he chooses. We, it may not feel like a blessing, but eternally we, we will be blessed. God bless you. We'll have a song.